Blog Talk Radio. are listening to the LC and Jack radio show live from New York and now here are your hosts LC and Jack Jack Radio Show, where your man LC is holding it down. Give us a call here in the studio, area code 347-843-4738, the LC and Jack Radio Show. This show is being brought to you by State Farm Insurance. For all those needs, insurance needs, I should say, whether it be auto, home, life, really whatever type of coverage you need. They even have rental insurance for all those out there that's you know, you can't afford to own your own home at this time, but, you you know, you're moving that way up the chain. Well, give them a shout. Go to statefarm.com, point you to a local agent in your area. State Farm Insurance, sponsor of the LC and Jack Radio Show. What's happening there, bread man? What's good? What's good, LC? Cornbread is a little under the weather, but, yo, I'm still afloat. You're holding it down, man. I'm sorry to hear. You know, you, you know, uh, you're, you're a man that's always running and I know. doing your things, man. Yo, that buffalo got me this weekend. Let me tell you, it was brick out there. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, but I'm still, I'm still hanging in there. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you can't keep the football down too long. You know what I'm saying? But, right, right, right. It's doing its job. You know what I'm saying? It has to work its course. Man. I'm letting it work its course. <laughs> Been dipping in the soup and in the, in the, in the tea and the cranberry, flushing out with water. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But, uh, only thing is, sometimes I just can't breathe out of one nostril. That's about it. You know? Yeah, man. Hey, <laughs> LC's got a little little sniffle and a little little cough here and there myself. Yeah. Everybody in the household is is gagging. So. Mm-hmm. Kind of natural to pass it on to the next person, which which is yeah. happening a little bit. So. I'm trying to figure out who I got it from. I'm like, yo, <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I'm trying to give it back to him full force, you know, like double. Like, yo, take this. <laughs> yeah. So the trip was good up there in Buffalo or what? Well, I started off in Canton. You know, I've done a lot of fundraisers on the weekend. And uh-huh. The fundraisers did real good. I mean, they raised $20,000 for the uh, health club out there in Canton, Ohio. And then the next day, I was moseyed on down to uh, Niagara Falls, Yacht Club out there. It wasn't as good as the uh, first show, but let me tell you, I got the chance to see Niagara Falls. When you see the videos, when I post it on Facebook, it's going to be like, wow. First time there, believe me, it was a sight. First time, huh? Yeah, because I've done many shows in the Buffalo area, but I never got the chance to uh, get there because most of the shows end on 
Sunday and I had to get back because that's a long ride. The show was you on ain't Saturday. Lying. The show was on Saturday and the Saturday night, so I got up early in the morning. I beat all the tour buses and everybody. Me and my man TJ, we, we was like the first one in line. They opened at 8 o'clock, we was there at 7.59. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, that Buffalo ride back to NYC is long, okay? I'll tell you that. Yes, sir. Oh, man. No around-the-corner drive. But but uh, we got we got lucky because the daylight savings gave us an hour, you know. We saved an hour on the road, so it was a good thing. <clears throat> yes, sir. It was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed myself. I stayed on the state side. I don't want to go to the Canada side because I don't want to get stuck. I had to be to work. Next day, you know what I'm saying? I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. Sir, once you cross the border, even if I'm mistake, they'll let you in, but they definitely not let you back out. Come on over, brother. <laughs> yeah, the falls. Too. You have to see the falls from the Canadian side. That's what I heard. That's the I falls heard. I'll do it next from time. New York side is cool, but it's yeah. nothing like on the Canadian side. Oh, now you gotta make me make another trip. Yeah, that's it, baby. <laughs> you gotta do it when it's a little warmer out, okay? Because it's a little, little, little yeah. chilly out there right now. That's yes, your Buffalo. Mm-hmm. See that? Yeah. I found out this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, my my weekend was pretty cool, real nice, not too crazy. You know, actually, uh, you know, a couple couple of parties and stuff, so popped in and out, so, oh, nice, not bad weekend at all for me, I like the bread man's, but, you know, it's it's busy, 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 but, uh, you know, bread, uh, unfortunately, I don't know if you got the news, or you just rolled up late, but uh, rest in peace to Heavy D. I just heard that. And wow. Heavy D is, unfortunately, he is... Well, no, I should say, you know, depending on your beliefs, as it's gone to a better place, it's no longer here. So peace out to that brother. He held it down for the hip-hop nation in the 90s. He did his thing. Recently was on the BET Awards as well and did a performance which was real tight with Tyrese to round out his performance. So rest in peace to Heavy. Also there, Brad, uh, we're going to say rest in peace to one of the all-time greats, Smokin' Joe Frazier. Yes, sir. Rest in peace to that that brother. He um, unfortunately lost his bout against against cancer. He was only, I believe, 67 years old. So I want to say rest in peace again to Smokin' Joe Frazier. All-time great heavyweight fighter and champion too. Mm-hmm. I and mean, Ali did his thing. He did it up, banging they heads together. And yeah, man, they, they they made boxing real. You, know? you ain't lying. These guys know it it's not real boxing anymore. Not like those guys used to do it. You're on a scavenger hunt right now. That's right. Like the, you know, they're trying to get up a Republican for president. Scavenger, mm-hmm. same thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, crazy! It's crazy right now, Republican. Also, uh, Brad, guess we we'll just throw that out there. You know, before we hop into our interview for the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all those out there, I mean, you know, we have listeners all over the world, but. 
those out in, I guess, more in the northeast part of the country are, well, everybody now is worldwide is aware of the uh, Joe Paterno. Actually, it's not his scandal, but it is um, under his watch. watch. Yeah, exactly. Underneath his watch. Yep, he knew something. Oh. He didn't say nothing. Oh, man, it's ugly, ugly. I, I don't understand how... You could basically, yeah, you re- he reported it, but when you knew that nothing was done about it, I mean, this guy, you know, was molesting 10-year-old kids. Yeah, and, and you think... And, and, and the, the crazy thing, Brad, I mean, to cut you off, was yeah. he set up this foundation mm-hmm. just for kids. Mm-hmm. So this guy basically set up this foundation, so that was kind of like his breeding ground yeah. of, of taking, picking kids that he wanted to, to abuse, yeah. Yeah. which is yeah. sick, yeah. very you know, sick. That's the way this world is, and then when you, when you analyze it, you know, when you really get into it, then you wonder why it's so hard on kids, um, the academics trying to, uh, you know, you know, they take money or have how see how hard they come down on those kids. You know what I'm saying? They lure mm-hmm. them with money and gifts and, you know, the boosters and all that. You know, I mean right away, I mean, they digging into them like, you know, come on. They're kids, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Grown ups doing scandal, it's like it's hush hush cover up, you know, and all that stuff like that. It, it doesn't make sense. And this yeah. has gone on a long time. It's not like it's been a couple of years. It's like 15 uh, years this has gone on. He actually was on campus as of last week, this guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so if he knew that this powers guy was doing it's it. It's the powers that be. It's, it's, it's uh, crazy. Yeah, so all of y'all out there, you know, the single, you know, and a lot of this has to do with, again, families in general, but especially single moms, single dads. Talk to your kids, mm-hmm. and if something's not right, then you know it's not right. Like I say, you see it's your duty as a parent mm-hmm. to to find out what's going on and and remove your kid. Unfortunately, um, one of the parents, and and we'll, we'll jump into the interview here in a second, Brad. One of the parents was had questioned questioned him, mm-hmm. you know, because he this guy. You know, I'm so sick. He took a shower with one of the kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the parents, I guess, got there shortly after mm-hmm. and asked him why he was so wet, you know, his hair and everything. And uh, she said, she asked him if he did anything. And the kid, I guess, was nervous and scared. And he said, no, Mama, he didn't, he didn't do anything to me. But, you know, ultimately he did. Mm-hmm. And... There was a, I believe, uh, don't quote me, but I believe it was either a custodian or it was a uh, another gentleman who actually, uh, that was in the shower, near the shower area, who witnessed this, this sick man abusing the kid. Mm-hmm. And they, he talked about to some other people that worked on campus, University mm-hmm. of, of uh, Pennsylvania or Penn State, better known as Penn State, I should say, not University of but Penn State and they said nah man we can't say nothing because we're going to get fired mm. so you know I, I, you know I mean I mean you know how everyone knew state, state, uh, the campus police 
This thing was so covered up. Yes, and and the victims, obviously being kids, mm-hmm. nervous. And now these kids are adults. They're starting to come forth. Mm-hmm. Initially it was eight kids. Mm-hmm. Now another one has come forth. So right now he's up to nine kids that this guy abused. So, um, you know, keep keep these kids in your prayers out there. And, you know, if this was a brother that did something like this, forget it. You know, they'd have him lynched already. Well, because it's Joe Paterno, the guy's still, you know, he's still running things. The guy should have been let go right away. I know he's not the guy that did it, but he, he's just as guilty because he turned his back. Yeah. He turned his back. If it was his brother, forget it. They would have had the lynch mob out on the campus yeah. to take him away. You know, so it's a double standard. He should be removed and fired, as well as everybody that's on that staff that knew what was going down. So, with that said, we'll discuss that further in the future. Keep you updated what's going on out there in Penn State. It's it's pretty ugly. And one other thing, Brad, before we, we jump into to our interview, is uh, I'm sure you know by now Dr. Conrad Murray mm-hmm. got what was coming to him. And he got a guilty verdict that was actually yesterday. Mm-hmm. was handed down by the jury. And, I, you know, like I was telling you over the last past weeks, pretty much it was pretty... I mean, it was kind of hard not to convict him. I mean, all the evidence was was piled up against him. And we know, we could ask our guest and see if she has... She's not a doctor, but, you know, she's yeah. she's, she's close enough and get her input from her. But, so, but, you uh, know, I have I have a little bit more information that they talked about earlier, which the public doesn't really know about. In you regards know? to who? Dr. Conrad. Really? Oh, all right, so... Yeah. All right, so why don't we... Why don't we uh, introduce our guest, okay. and we'll uh, we'll get into that since uh, we have our guest on the line. Uh, uh, you know, she she is uh, a tremendous individual. She is currently an adult practitioner. She is also in charge of the Lipson Chi Chi chapter of Chi Edify Sorority, and I hope I said that right. You know, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I didn't didn't bosh it up for um but we have this evening the lovely and very smart Miss Benita Kennard. Benita, how are you? Are you there, Benita? Hi, can you hear me? There we go. We yeah, got there you. we go. I thought you on this for a minute. <laughs> Welcome to the LC and Jack radio show with myself and my partner in crime, the bread man, who I'd like to, again, welcome you to the show. And um don't know if you uh, actually was able to uh, hear some of the things we were talking about while you were on hold. But we talked <laughs> no, about... Little... I actually wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. That's okay. We basically was, was talking about, um, and I'm sure you've been following the case, and this is right up your alley, so to speak. The uh, Michael Jackson case, specifically Dr. Conrad Murray, right, he was recently found guilty for um, I forget the exact charge. I guess it was, you know, really um, 
get the charge bread. Your bread, you might, you know, remember the charge. That's what it is. Yes. So, I've been following the case just like everyone else. I kind of felt that the, there was so much evidence. It was pretty easy for the jury to to make that decision. What was your thoughts as you were following the case? I don't know how you know how close you were able to follow it. Yeah, I, absolutely. It, it was. You know, of course, Michael Vesentese, that was one of my favorites. But um, I did follow it, and I actually have a vested interest in uh, issues like that because as a prescriber, mm-hmm. we know our responsibilities with um, prescribing, especially narcotics to patients, and unfortunately, there was gross negligence there, you know, with something, with those types of medications and not properly monitoring him. So, you know, it puts a, you know, puts a lot on us as, in regards to being providers. But, you know, yes. we have to know that if we choose this profession, we need to make sure we're doing right by our patients. And, you know, the other issue I had was, you know, this over-prescribing of narcotics, oh. sleeping, yeah. those types of things. You know, maybe we need to think about other ways of uh, caring for our patients rather than narcotics so much. Well, I feel, uh, you know, he was in a, t- he kind of was in a tight situation, but I guess he couldn't say no. Michael opened up the uh, the wallet for him. He was paying him $150,000 a month. So I guess, you know, who knows his financial situation. I guess he figured... You know, Mike's paying me that. Mike needs the drugs. There's no doubt about it that Mike was you know, was getting drugs for a long period of time. It's no secret now. Right. And he needed a doctor, to, you know, to, to do it. To do, uh, he couldn't do it himself. So I think it's pretty clear what the situation yeah, was. And he had to get a doctor to, to be able to do this. Yeah, but you know, the doctor had definitely had a responsibility... Um, regarding how to monitor medications like that and monitor the patient, make sure that the patient is safe. And, you know, it, those those are, were some very heavy medications he was prescribing there, so mm-hmm. he uh, dropped the ball with regards to that. Yes, yes, definitely. I definitely agree with you. Uh, you take, I guess, an oath when you're in the medical field, like yourself. Absolutely. And... When you kind of, you know, don't follow that, you can leave, you know, you can put yourself in a, uh, some type of uh, liability. You can put yourself in deep trouble, possible liabilities, suits, everything. And I think when we and you spoke before, as far as prescribing medicines, very serious stuff. When you, you know, you're prescribing these drugs, you know, um, and something happens to the patient. That uh, that can be serious, but but anyway, we, again, uh, we like to have we, we welcome you into the LC and Jack Radio Show, my man Brad, and I know uh, you know I I must say, Brad, I had a chance to meet this young lady over the summertime, and uh, her and the group from her sorority of registered nurses, I was impressed. First off, they this was all sisters out. And you know, out and about, and uh, mm-hmm. they were encouraging everyone to get their blood pressure done. 
All right. And, you know, you know, some of our brothers' pressure was a little high, and they were concerned. <laughs> I know why. Oh, and, like you know, they were like, yo, look. so they pointed at me and said, yo, you need your blood pressure checked. So I said, yo, I'm good. But I said, okay, I'll sit down. And uh, my pressure was great. And um, I know you wasn't around, and, and, you know, you wasn't there, but uh, they really did a great job. It was uh, just to see. I was impressed, and I told them, when, you know, reached out to her to come on the show, is I've never seen that many sisters, registered nurses that are, that you know, out doing something like this. I was, I was yeah. blown away. They were very professional, but very... Uh, approach you, you know, uh, you know, allowing people to, you know, approach them, and you know what? I, I think a lot of people don't feel that way necessarily when they see nurses. You know, when they go to the hospital, a lot of times people are, you know, it, it's it's tough. So, you know, so we have an opportunity to have a, a registered nurse on, and uh, like I said, um, I guess I'd like to ask you. What what made you become a nurse? What what was the driving force for you to get involved in in the nursing field? Well, my um, actually when I first was uh, thought about the nursing profession, I wanted to be a midwife. And um, as I was going through my course of study, I really really became more and more fascinated by community nursing and just the impact that you can make. Um, by uh, just involving yourself in someone's life, not you know we you know what our jobs are, but I remember as a, a new nurse, mm-hmm. brand new nurse out of school, sometimes you could just go into a room and smile. You you wouldn't really have that much experience, but just that smile and a touch, mm-hmm. you know, you can really change someone's life. So you know, of course, as you become more and more experienced, I actually. Um, becoming masses prepared. I you know, started as a registered nurse, and now I'm a nurse practitioner. And hopefully I will be pursuing more advanced degrees, but it's a, it's an amazing profession. It's something that I can't ever imagine myself doing anything else. Wow. Can I tell you? It's, it's I like, love what I do. Well, that's beautiful. I, I could tell that when I was talking with you. You could tell someone they're bred when they, they like what they do. They always have a smile on their face. And they're out there doing it. And like I said, it's beautiful to see our sisters out there doing it and making an impact in this in this world that we live in. Um, they're coming of age. They was hidden for a while. They're doing their they, thing. They coming up and making people aware of what they're doing. It's great, it's great to hear. I'm glad to see it. And uh, hopefully I'll get the chance to meet these nurses. And, and yeah, well, we'll definitely happen. huddle up there, Brad, and we'll catch up with them offline. Maybe... You know, the next event will come on out, get a chance to uh, talk to other people in her uh, chapter here, actually out in Long Island, New York. Uh, yes, part of a national chapter. <laughs> yeah, you're part of a national chapter. Why don't you, I guess, before we get into anything specific, why don't you talk a little bit about the chapter and uh, the organization that you guys are doing? Because I know it's specifically for registered nurses, correct? It, it is. So we're, um, our organization is Kaeda Phi Sorority, and we're a professional nursing organization. We recently, um, in February of this year, chartered a chapter out specifically in Suffolk County, which is where we met actually at Wine Dance Day. 
So, you know, the focus of the organization is basically disease prevention, health promotion, and we try to do that by providing health education to raise awareness about all of the many, many issues in our communities and um, by providing health screening to targeted populations. And we really try to focus on high-risk groups, groups that are vulnerable, groups that are underserved, and, and we really want to just de-racialize all of the healthcare disparities that, you know, that we find in our communities. So, um, you know, like you said, we're part of a national organization, and we have several programs, and hypertension education and screening happens to be our signature program, so most of the time when you see us, no matter what. I know that. I you know, in our communities, forget it, hypertension's right up on the top of the list, baby. <laughs> and then, so we also focus on cancer education and screening and uh, sickle cell disease as well. Mm-hmm. And then, we, you know, we have other programs like scholarships for nursing students. Because in our, um, you know, our, our organization, we try to perpetuate nursing education. And we actually have um, undergraduate chapters as well as graduate chapters. Um, We try to promote leadership and development in the field of nursing. And we also have programs for seniors and young young adults with uh, mentoring programs. So there's a lot going on in our organization. And um, being that we're new in Suffolk County, we plan to make our presence known as much as possible and to really, you know, get in the community and roll up our sleeves and, you know, to do what we can. Right. And then you're doing it. You're doing it, like I said. You didn't know who y'all were, and you made an, a big impression on on myself. So I'm sure, and there was a lot of people had a nice crowd out there, and you know, everyone out there. If we can do a little bit to make this this world a better place, I tell you, you know, yeah. things will will get better out there for for everyone. Yeah, now you have mentioned you have mentioned that uh, this is. Uh, I guess a sorority for registered nurses. Is it open? Is it just for minorities, or you know, what's the focus as far as a, the membership, or is it open pretty much to everybody? No, we we we're very diverse in our membership. You will see mostly um, African American or minority nurses, but you know, with the um, the society that we live in, we know that there's. We have to perpetuate a diversity because there are so many different cultures, and um, so we try to do that with our membership and as well, and our programs as well. We have male nurses, so we embrace gender, ethnic, generational differences. So yeah, now, now the male nurses are that. Do you have, do you have any male nurses in your chapter in Long Island? Not yet, but I guess that we're brand new. Hey, hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. I'm, I'm a, one. I'm I'm a know one. registered I know nurse, one. okay? I want to hang I'll out with the, way, with the women, okay? No, no, no. I'm going to wear long pants. We're going to wear long pants because they wear long pants. <laughs> I want to hang out yeah. with the registered nurses, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think my pulse and my pressure is very high right now. <laughs> We definitely welcome male nurses, and you'll see that in the nursing profession. Men are, you know, they're climbing up in the ranks there as well. Really? We do have are you serious? Is there a lot of, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but I've, 
I've I've seen maybe one or two. I've never seen that many of them. You know, you have to. It depends on the area because nursing is so diverse within itself. You usually find a lot of the male nurses in the ER. You know, like the the uh, the high energy parts of nursing. Uh-huh. And you know, nursing is really a pretty good profession. So you know, a lot of the men who come in, they may come in as a second, you know, a second career. But we we have quite a few. I mean, not you know, not as many as the women, of course, but. Right. The field is definitely becoming more and more attractive to men. It definitely, no, it definitely is. And I know when we talked, we, we really, I was, I was surprised because, you know, I, I and I knew a very kind of like second mom to me. She was a registered nurse for a long period of time. What, yeah. If you could tell the audience out there, those that are interested in becoming a registered nurse. Uh, what type of uh, schooling is involved? Uh, what type of degrees is you know? Do you need associates or bachelors or masters? Kind of okay. you know the path if they're interested in becoming um, a registered nurse. What what would what would they need to do? Well, actually, um, in nursing we have uh, several different um, you know programs. We have the two year. Uh, program where you can be associates prepared, and um, then you have the four-year program. So the the main difference, you know, is with regards to you know what you can. Well, there's actually no difference in the what you do as a nurse, but if you want to um, be masters prepared or pursue a higher education, you have to be bachelor's prepared. So you can't go from being an associate's prepared nurse to being, you know, pursuing a, a, a higher educate, a higher um, preparation. So that's one of the advantages to going in, you know, to obtain your master's. I'm sorry, your bachelor's. Mm-hmm. But um, we have um, our organization. You have to be a registered nurse. So you have LPNs. You know, that that's a little different, but. Sometimes people take that route. They go LPN. They work as a, you know, you're working as a nurse, getting that experience, and then you go on to pursue your RN, and then you just, you know, eventually continue on with your educational preparation. Now, but, for those um, listeners out there that are not familiar, what actually is an LPN? An LPN is a licensed uh, uh, practical nurse. Okay. And uh, so they're, they're not, they can't give out any medications or anything of that nature. They they can give out medications, but they're just restricted in their practice with regards to um, you know what they can do in in hospital settings. But you know they they are nurses, but they're um, they definitely don't have the the scope of practice that a registered nurse would have. Mm-hmm. So and then um, you have nurse practitioners who can provide primary care. And um, that's actually what I do. I work in um, uh, the Bronx, and I work with mainly homebound patients. So I go actually into the homes, and I provide primary care in the homes. And primary care is basically um, diagnosing, uh, prescribing, um, referring to specialists. It's a lot of what the um, um, a physician can do. And um, a nurse practitioner has has a little more autonomy than uh, a registered nurse. Then we have um, a move 
a movement to actually encourage our, our nurses to become doctorally prepared, and that's involved a lot of research, which is something that's definitely needed in the medical field, and teaching a lot of the um, the, uh, school, the colleges and universities require that you be uh, um, doctorally prepared in order to teach. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's like I said, it's the nursing field is a great field I think it encompasses so much and and the need out there just reading a lot of different articles the need out there is there's a big shortage for, for nurses and yeah yeah nursing um, actually there there's when you look in the hospital nurses make up the biggest portion of, of the hospital workers and actually there's like over 3 million nurses but when you think about the percentage of um, minority nurses of that 3 million, there's only like about 12% wow. of um, minority nurses, and that's including Asians, Blacks, um, Indians, and um, Hispanics. And of that group, there's only 5% of wow. um, Black nurses. So you definitely so, don't see, you definitely don't see that many. I mean, you go to the hospital. I mean, you don't see. Yeah. Uh, you know, a minority nurse uh, that often. I mean, again, like you said, depending where you're at, but still, you may not even see them. So there's mm-hmm. definitely a big need for 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 what you ladies do, which, like I said, is and men and men. That's, that's right. right. And that's right, right. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know, the, you know, LC, she's she's very thorough, but she skipped over one aspect because I know our listeners is out there like. How much? <laughs> because I'm listening to her, and I know a little insight. But when she's talking about she going to the patient's house, I know what she's making. So I was real quiet back here, just like saying she making dough, and that's what they want to know. How much? <laughs> well, I guess I guess you know we don't ask on the show. Yeah. We don't really ask I know we specifically. Don't. But you know, the people that are listening, like how much? But, but what's, what would be the range for, say, like someone who just gets into nursing, like an LPN, to, I guess, a nursing practitioner, you know, practitioner like yourself? What would be the range okay, that so, uh, that someone would be looking that they they could they could make? That's a really good question. So when you think about um, the licensed practical nurses, and they generally can make, you know, start off. Well, see, first of all, you have to understand nurses are hustlers. So I don't, I know very few nurses who have just one job. So yes, we right. I know about them five jobs. On one job. I know about them five jobs. That's what I'm saying. They got ten jobs. Ten jobs. I know about them five jobs. I've seen the checks. Woo! <laughs> so you know, depending on your energy level, so you right. know, LPN can. Start, you know, start up with like thirty, thirty-five. Yeah, and now right. I've actually heard less than that. Right. And an RN can start off with like, and this also depends on where you work. Right. Long Island tends to have a lower salary than the city. You can start off as a new graduate in the city, fifty, fifty-five, mm-hmm. and depending on if you work a certain shift, you may even come out making sixty. Mm-hmm. Then you get into like the um, the nurse practitioners. The average salary for nurse practitioners is like about um, ninety to um, one fifty, and that depends again on where you work and your level of experience because. Like I said, nursing has so many different um, yes, areas. Yes, they do. 
That's right. Yeah, that you can work in. So, yeah, I mean, it's don't get me wrong, it's not an easy profession, but, you know, it's it's very gratifying, and you have to like what you do. Yeah, and like anything, once you learn your craft and love it like you do, then everything comes easy. You know, everybody has challenges. LC has challenges on his job. I have challenges on my job. But then again, right. overall, when you're doing what you love and you're good at it, ain't nothing going to stop you from making that money. That's, That's right. bottom line. You know? That's right. And, then, right. and, you know, there's, I always say there's never any reason for a nurse to be bored because there's so many different things you can do as a nurse. Yes. I mean, you get to run the, the spectrum of, um, and in my profession, I started off as an oncology nurse, a brand new nurse I worked in, and that's kind of rare to jump into a specialty. Then from oncology, I went into uh, hospice and palliative care, and at that time, I was pursuing my, um, my master's as an adult nurse practitioner. So right now, I'm working in, um, in the, the my field now, I work with geriatrics. I also work with behavioral health, um, um, how, still with some hospice and palliative care. So there's really no reason for you to be bored. Now, you can be burnt out from working so hard. But mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we know that. <laughs> that. That you can pursue in, in nursing. It's, it's a really great profession. Yes, yes, it is. And, it's, and like we were saying, I mean, you talked on before. It's definitely one where, if you said there's no jobs, it's, there's jobs out there. But you got to have the qualifications so you can have the the chance to, you know, whether it be a hospital or I mean, actually, I I knew a nurse. She used to go from, she was a traveling nurse. She used to go from mm-hmm. place to place. I mean, yeah. she used to go from state to state just for whoever would pay more. I was like, wow, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. those are the that I like. Yeah, then she used to bounce around from state to state. I'm like, wow. It is, and then, and like, you know, that with something, that, that type of nursing, you know, you have to really be, you have to have a lot of energy, but you also have to be able to work in divert, with diverse populations depending on where you're going. And, you know, so it's going back to like the statistics of, you know, the minority nurses. It's important that we get more nurses, not only African nurses, but all different cultures, because in our society, we just have so many different cultures, and it's a lot easier if you're culturally sensitive. You can go into different places. You can, even in New York, you go into certain parts of Queens, you have to be sensitive, especially going into people's homes, you know, mm-hmm. and you talk about disease prevention. You have to respect people's health beliefs, and every culture has certain health beliefs, and it makes life a lot easier when you go in and before you start telling people what they can or can't eat, and they look at you like you're crazy, like you're going to tell me I can't eat my rice and beans or right. you know, things mm-hmm. like that. It, it helps to educate yourself on um, different health beliefs of certain cultures, and that kind of decreases the barriers to other to cultures cultures pursuing um, medical attention because sometimes people don't want to go and, and um, receive attention because they don't think that people understand, you know, what they don't feel like they're getting the, the appropriate care and they don't understand, you know, a lot of what was done in hospitals. So, you know, when you can embrace a culture and be able to, like, meet them at their educational or cultural level, it really helps and that also will help decrease disparities and um, 
you know, just make give us make us more of a healthy population. Yeah, like I, like we were talking before, it's it's the it's kind of a good uh, scenario, something to compare. What you're saying is uh, a lot of time in the communities up here in New York, you got a lot of the police officers that are, don't match the color of the exactly. people in the neighborhoods that they patrol. Mm-hmm. So when a crime happens, they're not willing to run out and tell these guys who don't look like them, especially in New York City, that you know, this XYZ guy did it when they know who did it. They're not comfortable telling them. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing like you bring up. You bring up an excellent point with, with even more important when it comes to your health. You don't feel comfortable with that nurse, that doctor, whoever's, you know, you're working with regarding your health. Then you're not mm-hmm. gonna you're not gonna be able to get the best possible care for yourself. That's right, and you know, sometimes as a, an American society, we tend to want to you know perpetuate our beliefs on certain cultures, and that's not necessarily the right thing to do. You know. So we may have different beliefs, and, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of education. Like, take something as simple as diet. You know, people may not understand the implications that eating, like, a big plate of rice may have on them with regards to obesity, diabetes. But if you take time to, you know, to just educate them and say, not necessarily you have to stop eating that, but maybe you cut it down to a certain portion or, you know, make some protein in there that you, you know, you're not really, um, you're validating what their beliefs are, but you're kind of helping them to um, manage their diets a little bit better, so therefore mm-hmm. they can control the diabetes and the obesity more so than maybe they and, and a lot of it is just, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone in, and, you know, with diabetics, people tend to think sugar. Sugar is the, the culprit. And sugar is not the only culprit. You have bread, you have pasta, rice, potatoes. And you'll go in and you'll just simply just talk to somebody about what they're eating on a daily basis. And you find out all of these foods that can trigger, you know, uh, high blood glucose. And the people didn't even know because they think it's cake and cookies, pies and things like that. The misconceptions. Yeah, and diet has so much to do. Lifestyle basically has so much to do with um, health management and health maintenance. And a lot of it's just simple education. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess you, well, you you bring up a good point because, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll, you know, sometimes you'll see, you know, I don't know, you could say very fit people, but they have high blood pressure. I'm like, mm-hmm. how can that be? You know, because it's usually they'll say, you know, a big person, chances are they have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, well, high blood pressure, there's, there's a lot of diseases. There's factors that we can change and there's factors that we can't change. So lifestyle changes with regards to diet, um, exercise, um, alcohol consumption, smoking, those are things that we have control over. Now, there's some things that we can't change, and that's like family history, genetics. Um, well, you can change stressors. Sometimes people work in just very stressful situations. That's something that you can, you know, change. You have to, things that you can change, you, you need to really modif- identify those things in your life and modify them. But then you also have to be aware that there are risk factors that we 
just cannot change. And if you are predisposed, like if you know you have a family history of mm-hmm. hypertension, cancer, diabetes, when you're, you know, when you go into the doctor and they ask you all these questions and you're like, you know, here we go again, it's important to mention yeah, you know, like I have a, a, my parents had heart disease or, you know, cancer, because then that gives your um, your provider a little bit of more knowledge with regards to how they can screen you for certain um, diseases. So if you have a parent who has a history of cancer, they may be a little bit more aggressive, you know, instead of waiting until you're 45, maybe they'll start screening you at 35, and potentially to catch things like that. So, you know, just getting back to um, a person who may look, you know, appear to be fit and healthy, but here they come with these, you know, you know, you've heard of people, I never smoked a day in my life and I have cancer. Well, you know, it may have been something as simple as genetics that determined that. Really? Oh, so they say secondhand is big now, too. Secondhand oh, smoke, they say, is a killer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, smoking in and of itself has so many, it, it, it attributes to so many illnesses. You know, first you want to think about lung cancer and different, but it affects your heart, it affects, you know, your blood pressure. Um, just, just so then you have people things. out there that I mean, I used to have my old godfather. I mean, bless his soul, he's passed now, but he lived till he was like eighty something years old, and he used to smoke. He smoked the car, caramel, uh, not caramel, but camel, 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 camel with no yeah. butts on them. And my grandfather too. I mean, hey, he he smoked it to eighty. Okay, till he went to the grave. Yeah, mm-hmm. my grandfather did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, man. And, yeah, and there's, a, there's a lot of. I meet a lot of people like that, but, you know, those sometimes people's bodies can achieve that homeostasis where they can eat what they want, drink what they want, smoke however long they want, and they're okay. But then you have certain people who, you know, bodies just can't achieve. You know, you put those assaults on your body with certain uh, high-sodium diet, smoking, alcohol, and their bodies just aren't going to be able to adapt the way, you know, other people. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're, li- if you're just tuning in to the LC and Jack Radio Show, we have the, I should say, the lovely Miss Benita Kennard, who is a, uh, I wanted to say a licensed practitioner, but she is an adult nurse practitioner. She is also the president of, oh my gosh, you have to help me out here, Benita. Epsilon Chi Chi. <laughs> chapter of the Chi Eta Phi Sorority as well. So, uh, we're just talking about, uh, you know, things about health and, you know, about nurses and how important they are to, you know, to, to all of us, uh, whether we're in the hospital or whether, you know, we go for our checkups. I mean, really just uh, important. One of the things I wanted to throw out there to you um, when we talked briefly is is about breast cancer. Here in Long Island, New York, there's been a, a pretty high number of cases of breast cancer, and I know one of the things that you you know that you 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 do as well as your organization is breast cancer uh, checkups. Now we know we're doing radio, so you can't actually demonstrate it. But right. what, what types of things do you tell women 
uh, as far as breast cancer, what what's some of the things they should look for? Okay, so we'll, we'll talk a little, you know, we just finished with um, Breast Health Month. So, first of all, I, again, I have to bring up the statistic that, of course, you know, even though uh, Caucasian women have a higher incidence of breast cancer, African-American women tend to um, experience higher death rates from breast cancer. And, you know, that for a long time was was attributed to lack of education, knowledge, but Recently, it's been um, discovered that uh, black women have a more uh, may have a more aggressive tumor, and that's why we tend to die at like almost double the rate of um, of, mm-hmm. of Caucasian women. So it's something you know for for all women. You you know in the month of uh, of October, you see all the pink. So it's it's important for all women, but it's really really important for us as minorities. And um, you know, being you said like it, that it's radio, so there's only certain. Yeah, I couldn't really demonstrate um, a breast self exam, but as a printer provider, I do tend to try to teach women how to do you know examine your own breast, and your your breast exam involves like actually visually looking because you know first what do you think about when people say screening for you think about a lump, but it's not always just a lump that determines you know what could be a, a sign or a symptom. Sometimes you could have. Um, just a, a mole, a discoloration on your um, on your breast that seems to be changing, or like a, um, just a discharge from your nipple, or dimpling mm-hmm. of the skin. So you have to really educate yourself that it's not you're not only looking for lumps when you you know when you're examining yourself. So once you if you find something or see something abnormal, important thing is do not ignore it. Because, like I said, I was an oncology nurse, and I have horror stories about women who happened to see a mole on their breast and just ignored it. And before you know it, it was um, metastasized. Metastasized meaning that it spread to different parts of the body. So, you know, when you do your, um, you have your doctor or you do your own breast uh, self-exam, you find something abnormal. The next thing, you get referred for a mammogram. So a mammogram is basically, you know, the there's that special type of an x-ray machine that will take pictures of your breast and, you know, look for different um, changes in the breast tissue. You know, basically you're looking for the lumps at that point. And then you also have, um, like we've talked about before, if you are under the um, age of, because 40s usually the, the cutoff where they recommend mammograms. So if you're under, you know, you have a history and you're like in your 30s, usually you may have an ultrasound. And an ultrasound just kind of checks for like um, a liquid, a solid lump or a lump that contains liquid. Once you find that, you know, you can either aspirate it if it's um, a, a lump that contains a fluid or you do a biopsy. That's then taken and, and evaluated in a pathology lab and to let you know if you have a malignancy. A malignancy is basically a cancerous growth or a, just a benign tumor. And, um, and now it's usually... That, I'm sorry, Benita. It's usually the recommended at least, and I know you're not a doctor, but usually is, I guess, chemo the first line that they usually do if something's detected? That was going to be my next point. So once you find something, you know, you get the report that you have a malignancy. There are 
several different options that you can have. And this all really depends on how soon you can, you know, you can, you're diagnosed. If you notice now, women are not really, you know, you see a lot more breast cancer survivors. And if you can catch it quickly enough, it can be as simple as just excising the malignancy, just meaning you just cut it out. Mm-hmm. Or it can be um, some radiation therapy to the, um, the point that you have the, um, the mass. Mm-hmm. And then chemotherapy actually comes when there's what you call metastasis. And like I said, metastasis is that it's spread into the lymph nodes and it goes to different parts of the body. Or you can have a combination of, you know, a lot of women... Will uh, will just go straight for radical mastectomies if they know that there's something there. They rather just cut off the breast and just you know within this day of plastic surgery and just have you know new breasts um, reconstructed. And and sometimes even if you know that you have a, a predisposition or a genetic you know predisposition to having cancer, some women decide right then and there that they're gonna you know that's a little extreme, but Right. You know, some people feel that, that that's the best option for them. So the key thing is early detection. Well, before that, you know, screening, early detection, and then educating yourself on the options. And the earlier you catch it, you know, it could be, like I said, as simple as just cutting out, you know, we, we call it lumpectomy, cutting out the cancerous tissue, and, and you can be fine because it hasn't had a chance to spread to any part of the body or um, the radiation, or there's even, like, um, oral therapies that you can do. Because once it gets to something really systemic, you know, if you've ever seen a person undergoing chemotherapy, it's really it's hard. It's really, Tough. really hard. I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not going to lie, Anita, I'm not a, a big chemo person. I've just seen what it does to people, and it's, right. oh, it's it That's does a lot on the body. Yeah. Does a lot oh, okay. on the body, but I mean that's that's an individual decision. I understand that. It's just wow. Mm-hmm. It's that's uh, why it's um, tough. screening, education, early detection. Those so that's what's important. That's, that's now, very important. Now is is the is this a lot of times detected by a woman's main doctor or they have to go to a specialist really to, to determine that they have breast cancer or they have some you know some type of growth or is well, it cannot be detected by their normal um the normal doctor whoever they see well there's a good percentage of women who can actually if you do if you know your body and you can identify anything, like you just look at your, you know, looking or palpating the breast, you can actually see that something is wrong. Then you go to your your um, primary care provider. Once the primary care provider, you know, concurs, they refer you to either a breast surgeon to, you know, do some further evaluation, mammography, or those other um, diagnostic testing, ultrasound, the, the needle aspiration, aspiration biopsies, and then, um, you know, once that's done, it's there. You can then be referred to an oncologist who is a doctor who specializes in cancer, cancer care, cancer treatment, or, you know, if you're um, 
if you decide on mastectomy or breast surgeon. So, like I said, the, the key is just to be as, you know, educated as possible. Mm-hmm. But there are options with regards to treatment. Mm-hmm. Like I want to yeah. say, we want prevention is the key. <laughs> right. And I, I I appreciate the information you're bringing out there to, to, to our, all our listeners because, I mean, it's just, unfortunately, just hear so much more about it on a regular basis now bringing up breast cancer so definitely out there if you're listening please get your normal checkups and want you to be around for a long period of time so that's and I know in our communities we don't like to go to the doctor all the time okay (laughs) yeah Yeah, you know there's like I said you know some of that it has to do with our beliefs or our lack of trust of the medical profession. There's, you know, there's a couple of, you know, some people are uninsured and you, you have that particular population who, you know, you know, I don't have any insurance. You can't just go and say, I want to, you know, an ultrasound or something like that. So that plays a lot, you know, with a lot of the um, the high rate of unemployment. That has an impact on whether people are going to really pursue, you know, Specialty um, tests, yeah, specialty referrals, and things like that. And it's just really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Really, very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. You know, in this society to see that you have that lack of access to care. But it does in, in, in certain communities. You, you go and people are like, you know, I, I got to eat. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, I can't afford my medication. I can't afford this copay. You know, you hear that so often nowadays. It's it's tough. I mean, healthcare now is. You would think, outside the United States, I think in Europe, and I know in Canada, you mm-hmm. you can just go into any hospital. You know, they're, they're not asking you the first word is, do you have insurance? They just I, they just come on in and they they treat you. But mm-hmm. in this country, it's like, yo, if you're sick, it's like, yo, if you don't have insurance. It's like, it's like you have a disease. We can't exactly. be dealing with you. <laughs> Which is great. Exactly. And that's why, you know, everybody's so against the socialized medicine. And see, I go from, you know, even though I work in the Bronx, I go into very different communities and different socioeconomic status. Some places I go in and, you know, you start just talking to them routinely about, you know, their clinical situation and they start screaming Obamacare, you know. So it, it's just that ignorance about what they they deem it's the problems that come with social medicine or even like the when he decided to insure the, the, the students until they graduated when he extended the age and so many people had like were up in arms about that. And, I know, you know and, and it works for some people but you know the people that don't work for which you know like you said they're ignorant to the fact and, and it's crazy. It's very crazy. It is. It is. It is. It's so I have a friend. I have a friend too, who is a nurse, and her daughter is going to be a nurse and graduating this January. And she was so elated that what you just said about the the insurance. She said her daughter's insurance. She, she going to have her under her insurance until she graduates, and she's going to be like twenty four, twenty five, twenty six years old. And you know, mm-hmm. it made her happy. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Of it, course. it works. Oh. It works. For people who are out there doing the right thing, you know, yeah. the no, people who are doing other other things and want 
other things uh, laid out for them. It, it, you know, they always make well, it like it's a problem. You know, it's, yeah. Or, you know, sometimes people just don't, you know, they just don't have, a, they really can't conceptualize uh, someone not being able to afford medications or, you know, exactly. afford, you know, they just really can't, you know, conceptualize that and they don't really understand. And you know, it, it really is sad. It's sad when you think about, you know, you, you have to take care of the basic needs of a person, you know, that's health, food, clothes, shelter. You know, in order for us to grow as as a society, you have to make sure that the people's basic needs are taken care of. That's right, and that's why people are so frustrated now. If you feel like you can't get a job, absolutely, and, uh, you can't provide for your family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's like one of the bare essential things that you got to be able to provide, and you can't be able to provide. You're gonna you have. You can't do anything. Right. You can't do. You can't tell. I think I was. We were talking before. It's like you wanna. We talk about this um, raising health awareness. Now imagine you walking up to someone and saying, "Oh, you know, here's a brochure on how you take about breast health." And this person's hungry. You know, cold. You know, do you think that that's really gonna have an impact on them? They're not thinking like that. They're thinking like, you know, I need to eat. I need to, you know, I need to have a place to live. So you have to take care of people's basic needs before you can even try to get them to the point where you can educate them on prevention and, you know, just raise awareness like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely that. And then uh, you have kind of, uh, you have mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to me earlier that, the, your organization that you're in charge of, you're the big dog, the president of the organization, is that those people out there who are looking, they're they, they, they not officially a nurse yet, but uh, they can be part of your organization. Is that correct? Absolutely. We have, um, there's certain schools where you have what we call um, beta chapters. And our betas are our undergrad, or the basically the nursing students. And um, actually, on, on Long Island now we have um, we just had a, uh, a reach rechartering of betas in Malloy. Um, Long Island University has um, you know some beta students, and and with those programs, those nursing programs, you have um, anyone who's gone through nursing school knows what it's like. It's, it's really rough. So you have your registered nurses, professional nurses who can mentor you and assist you through the process. Like I said, provide scholarships. So we, you know, we will hopefully be chartering some betas out in Suffolk County and one of, um, one of the um, nursing schools. All right, Brad, so we're good now. We can hey, I, I, got, I got somebody for I got two candidates. Don't worry about it. I'm going to I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm glad you steered her in my direction. You know what I'm saying? I'm all about helping my brothers and sisters out there. You know? No problem. That's what we do here at the LT and Jack. That's what we do. We make things good. happen. Now, uh, uh, awesome guests. Awesome guests. You, you couldn't definitely. found better guests. Definitely. Sure. So, Benita, if someone wants to uh, reach out to you, they want to be able to get or be becoming a part of the organization, or just want mm-hmm. more information on what you 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 do here locally, is there mm-hmm. an email or contact information they can reach out to you? 
Yeah, we have um, my my email address is um, I'll have to spell this out because it's actually our chapter name, Epsilon Kai Kai. So that's um, E P S I L O N C H I C H I, and that's at AOL dot com, and you can um, send me an email. And if you don't, if you're not in Suffolk County area and you're interested, because we have about we have chapters in Nassau, Suffolk, Queens, Bronx, Brooklyn. You know, we have a lot of New York chapters. Or if you're outside this um, New York State, you can actually go on our website, um, Hiata Five Florida, and um, you can find get information on chapters. With, in whatever state that you you live in, and um, you can meet the the different um, soras from those chapters, and you know join, and we will we're definitely looking for highly motivated, energetic nursing to nurses to get out and do the work. And, and that includes um, men too, right? Yes, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> that includes men too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got shot there, Brad. Yeah, hey, you know, Elsie, uh, you know Pepper's a nurse, right? Oh, yeah? Yeah, the crooner. He is a nurse. Nobody okay. knows him, but he's a nurse. We've got to put him down with the nurses then because they're doing their thing. Yeah. That's right. So just, um, like I said, Epsilon Kai Kai at AOL. That's um, for Suffolk County chapter. Or you can go on our national website and get information about the um, the other chapters in, in whatever particular area you live in. And we'll pass that information out. We'll throw it up on our page as well, uh, Benita. We'll put this information out. It has Definitely. been a pleasure to have you on the LC and Jack Radio Thank Show. Thank you so much yeah. for having us. Yeah. Oh, so informative. I mean, yes, she was laying it down. Yeah. We gotta get her back before 2012. You know? Oh yeah, we'll get her back. We'll get her back on tap. We'll gear her up with something else. We want to take the nurse test. You know, that's it. <laughs> Anytime, just give me a topic and we'll let me know. <laughs> definitely, definitely, the ladies are doing their thing. The ladies are doing their thing. Like I said, it's 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 nice and refreshing to see, you know, our sisters out there doing their thing, and they just. They, 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 they're out representing They're just helping people And you know, spreading the knowledge And that's what's all I, I kind of feel I feel like I got rid of the flu Just by being nursed on the phone <laughs> You know yeah, man's I mean she did her thing I was like down in the beginning of the show Because I You know I had the flu And I was feeling bad When the buffalo caught a cold And this nurse comes on And uh-huh. takes all the the, the sickness out of me, and I'm feeling kind of healthy right now. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's nursing. I'm telling you, you don't have nurse, to be here. She nurses you to help you, Brad. She knows she knows. She me through it. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really good. <laughs> A lot of fun. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But really, if you, you know, if you need us to come out to different functions, like, you know, you saw us in the park, but we definitely, you know, do health uh, fairs, um, screenings, education, you know, wherever we can, it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're willing to come out and do the work. 
All right. Yeah, we'll make sure when you come, we'll feed you too. Mm-hmm. There you go. Because your red man can feed you. Yeah, that's right. that man can cook. That's that, yeah. right? Yes, he is. I don't know if he's going to meet your diet that you're trying to stay on, okay? But. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about that another time. Well, she got a big old blood pressure machine. I got one, too, at the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, okay. Uh, we're definitely, definitely going to be reaching out to you. Maybe even out of the holidays, we'll be able to catch up with you and the rest of the ladies right now at this time, the fellas, but... Catch up with you and the other ladies of the organization, and we can, you know, kind of catch up and shoot the breeze. So it's been a pleasure. We appreciate, again, you uh, joining the show and informing our listeners of some good health information. And we look yeah, forward to... thanks again for having me. And yeah, we look forward to... Pleasure, pleasure. Yeah, we wish you a new chapter, much success, which we know they will Thank you. you know, do. <laughs> I'm going to go find some sick people and forward this, uh, <laughs> I, this uh, podcast to them. I'm going to forward this podcast <laughs> to them. We're going to heal them. We're going to heal them. That's right. I'm healed. Yeah, baby. You know, man? Send the licensed nurses to them, okay? Yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> out. All right. But... Uh, we will be talking with you real soon, so thanks again for joining the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, you take care. All right. Take it easy. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. You, you listen to, again, uh, Miss Benita Kennard, licensed practic- practitioner, excuse me. And healer. And healer, yes. Mm-hmm. She does it all. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Really so good? again, we do it here. We do it all here at the LC and Jack Radio Show. If you have any ideas for guests or you know just uh, just want to reach out to us, hit us up. You can call us in the office area code six three one six six four 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 five two. You can drop us an email at lcandjack at gmail dot com, or we're on Twitter as well as Facebook. So hit us up. Let us know what your thoughts, and do us a favor and pass this show on. To whoever's in need Just need some information Breast cancer Health in general We try to do what we can here But uh, every little bit counts So again uh, again, Miss Benita Kennard Thanks again for joining the show Hello Brad I'm going to do real quick man We've been rolling tonight I just got some uh, I'll let you Roll into you know any shout outs any birthday things that you want to bring mm-hmm. forward. All right, I'll let you roll. All right, yeah, I want to send a shout out uh, to my friends out there on the road this weekend. I met a young lady out there in uh, Canton, uh, Ohio. Her name is Miss Bonita out there at the Waffle House. Took care of her brother. Her brother was hungry after the show, and she was like one of my favorite waitresses on the road. And I want to give a big shout-out to my man, author of Emmy's Catering Parties out there in Grand Island, New York. That was out there in Niagara Falls. We did the fundraiser. Uh-huh. And uh, we had a good time, man. He, he hooked it up. He hooked up the food excellently. And I want to give a big shout-out to him. I want to give a... Shout out to my physical therapist, Doctor. Can you hear me, Elsie? Yeah, I can hear you. Right, keep going. Okay, okay I hear some background noise. Okay, uh, Mr. Anth- Doctor Anthony Capolino, 
give me another six months of physical therapy so I get the uh, people to you know rub me down, and get my back straight. You know <laughs> rub it, baby. He gave me another. He gave me another six weeks to extend my uh, physical ther- therapy treatment. That's what's good. Yeah, another shout out there, Niagara Falls, New York. My man Henry hooked me up with a hotel when all the hotels was booked up because of Jets and Bills game. I found them at the Caravan Motel out there in Niagara Falls. Put the brother up, had a, had a place to lay my head. Nice. Yeah. And my man, Mr. Ralph, hooked the brother up with a new car, Nissan Altima. He got it this past week. Well, congrats yeah. there, Brad. Yeah, man, got, got me some wheels. My man, man's back on the road. Ralph hooked me up with a nice car at a Sarah AK Auto Mobile Inc. Reliable cars, man. Unbelievable prices. He'll locate any car at dealer's auction. Over 3,000 cars to choose from below wholesale prices. Check him out, man. His name is Ralph. You can hit him up at 917-753-5272. Tell him Cornbread sent you. And Ralph will hook you up. He's out there in Elmont, Queens, 714 Elmont Road. You know what I'm saying? Tell him Cornbread sent you. He might give you a little discount. Other than what he gave you. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's telling him to hit you off, Brad. With, you know, yeah, fine. but okay. you know, when you get a new car, what you got to get? You got to get some insurance. <laughs> I got some insurance for my girl out in Brentwood, Miss Yset. He's, he's yeah, she's our State Farm insurance rep. Hooked her brother up. Man, I didn't have to fill out. All these papers or nothing. She had like yeah. Well, she told me. I don't know if one of our sponsors was stay from, and then they they're right there, right there in the wood. Yeah, she uh, hooked me up. Her name is Gisette. Okay. She hooked me up. She's over at State Farm right there on Brentwood, Brentwood, uh, Suffolk Avenue. Okay. And uh, she got me insurance on my new new ride. All right, that's what's good. You gotta have that insurance, baby. Yeah, man, so if you're in the area, go down to 14, oh, 1044 Suffolk Avenue in Brentwood. That's the Jennifer Storm uh, Insurance Agency under State Farm. And uh tell Gisette, I said, what's up? You know, she can look out and get you guys in a, in a, a nice plan for your car that you need. Uh, and I tell you, man. So that nurse, she did a good thing. She got her brother feeling good. You, know <laughs> you got you upbeat now, huh? Yeah, I got, can't beat that, man, because I was, like, kind of down and out. And, Benita, you know, Benita. She did her yeah, thing, man. man. She, did a good she, wasn't thing. Even, she wasn't even in the studio. She did her thing. No, she did it over the phone. Thing, she, That's what she good. did. She did She did the healing over the phone. And let me tell you, man, it's a good thing to, to have that kind of power. Right. Presence, you know? That's right. Well, Brett, I got uh, a little bit to bring, and then we're going to be out. We're going to say happy, right. good. happy birthday to, well, he hasn't done anything in a long time, but uh, my man Cisco. Wow. 31. Oh, thong, thong, thong. Yeah, 31. Baby. Wow, he must oh, have been a baby back in the day when that song came out. Yeah, man. Yeah, he was like 18, 19. Yeah, he's just out the diapers. Why didn't he last that long? He didn't know what's going on. Give me all that money. The thong, the thong, thong, thong. Can he get in the club? You know, invite a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about some thong, and he didn't finish high school yet. Come on. Happy birthday, Cisco. What's up? Ye
<laughs> into the, the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk man, uh, Lou Ferrigno, wow. 60. Big wow. 60-hero. My boy and, back in the day. Yeah, man, a green man, okay? Hmm. Happy birthday to funny man, Tracy Morgan. Oh, Tracy. Tracy hit the big 4-3 this week. And uh, happy birthday to Amarion. B2K and all the rest of the groups he was a part of. He's uh, <laughs> picked 2-7 this week. So happy birthday okay. to all from the LC and Jack radio show. want to give a big up and a congratulations to my cousin Michelle James. Just delivered a baby girl. Wow. So congratulations from LC and Brad here from the LC and Jack radio show. Also big up to... Mom Dukes, my mom just is releasing today, the 8th of November, her book, A Friend Forever. So, wow. Go check it out. Go to, yeah, really, you can go anywhere Barnes and Noble, uh, eBay, whoever, uh, your local bookstores. A okay. Friend Forever by Marion Clark. Check it out. Yeah, really she nice can write the Brickman's book, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, man. But this one jump off, you know, she have a little booth. She can sponsor my book. Yeah. Right. Sounds good. Did a thing. Yeah. yeah, Mom Dukes did a thing, so congratulations to my mom right. for uh, making it happen. It's a long, long journey, but she finally completed it, and it's out. Very nice. All right. Book. Nice book, so we'll put the link on the Facebook page for you, and we'll send it out via Twitter. So definitely... Uh, check it out. And it sounds good. Yeah. And uh so until next week there, Brad, unless you got anything, we're gonna roll on out of here. Uh again we appreciate your support. And thank you for joining us on another edition of the L C and Jack Radio Show. Until next Tuesday night. Good night. Peace.